0: Chapter 3, we'll be looking at verse 16. Tonight we'll be covering the Bible and the doctrine of the Bible being a full revelation of God. And I thought this was an important thing to share because many of us are combated with sharing the Gospel or defending our faith. And a lot of times our answer just relies upon the Bible. So we oftentimes need to go and show people why the Bible has the authority it does. 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here today, Lord, to get the worship and praise your name, Lord. and being able to take refuge in the midst of chaos through you and only you. Lord, please be with me. Lord, let your name and only your name be exalted tonight. And Lord, help us to fully understand this God-given book that you gave to us, Lord, and help us to understand the authority it carries and how we could just be able to go and say the Bible says, and it is. Lord, help be with the audience. Lord, be with all of our sister churches. Lord, continue to help us to glorify your name we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, we are talking about the Bible, Revelation, God. But I thought, you know, it's part of my testimony, so you guys have heard it before. But it's a good story to share. Um, it was back when I worked at Kroger. I worked with Brother Jacob Sammons. And me and Brother Jacob, he is a big part of my testimony. And we had a lot of conversations that brought me more away from Catholicism. But me as a Catholic back then, me and Brother Jacob would debate a lot. We would argue a lot about religion. And if you guys don't know, my wife will testify, I don't like losing arguments. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of it. But we'd get many different arguments. The one I always remember the most was about Mary back when I was a Catholic. But every argument I had with Jacob always ended I felt like in defeat, and I could fully admit it every time because he would leave me in a spot where I didn't know how to reply, and usually that spot ended, well, the Bible says this, and why do you think that, and then I'm like, uh, uh, it just is, you know. I always ended up losing, needless to say, and as much as I hated it, I had to settle for defeat because the word of God combated what was my false doctrine at the time. I say all this because the Bible brought forth an authority that we as Christians need to fully understand when we go out into the world, whether we're defending our faith, whether we're given the gospel. We rely upon the Bible as an authority, so we must understand why. And we we as Christians, we more understand it. It's the word of God, but someone who is not of the same faith, they don't understand it like we do. And this, this right here, it's not, I wouldn't say traditionally how I do it. But it's important because it helps walk someone through this. And at the end, I will tell you guys a story of how I actually used this, defending my faith and witnessing to someone. And did the person hear it? I'm not too sure, but let's, let's just say I was able to get the point across. So we're understanding that here that the Bible is indeed the word of God. It is true scripture. It's a core doctrine we're going over, but it's a very important one. This is... This is, again, bringing us authority for when we give the gospel, defend our faith. Today, it's a big doctrine, and we're going to see here that, oh, well, there's many writers in this book as well. But we have to understand that these writers in the book, you know, the book of John, like we're studying in the morning, they they speak boldly in their text. John was able to speak boldly and say that the Word became incarnate because it's the Word of God. John was inspired to write this. And again, this book professes to be a revelation from God. And this book is not a revelation from God, then every writer in this book is a deceiver. So we must know that we stand as Christians upon this book. We lean upon this book. And we must be able to speak boldly by this book. Because this book is what grants us authority on every one of our doctrines. So again, I'm going to bring us down a road. And at the end of this, I'm hoping we are able to use this in our lives so we can say the Bible says. This will focus on the text of the Bible and why it's accurate and why it's God-given. And I'm going to give you guys evidences of why it's God-given and it can't be man-made. So first we're going to really focus on is the Bible historically authentic? Many people will try to say that the Bible is more of a storybook. It's not a true historical book. I bring up this because this is a question many of us will face. They say that the kings in Genesis never existed. They believe the group of the Hittites didn't exist. They try to point out things that they didn't believe historically happened. It even goes to the New Testament. They try to say Christ did not die on a cross. But it doesn't, they don't, about what is truly historically true that we'll try to throw in how the Bible just is a storybook. But it still stands that we can go to this book with an authority because it is the Bible, it is God's word. And again, that's where we'll get further. But the word itself brings forth authority. Not to mention, it does have many historical records to back it. So is the Bible God's revelation? This is a common question that we come across because it's human nature to not want it so. Human nature does not want the Bible to be true. The Bible tells humans that you're doing it wrong. You're guilty. You're wrong. You need to change. We have a prideful flesh, amen? We don't like hearing that. So this is a very, very thing that will be presented to us believers. Um, so first off, we're going to look at how this is a probability, an incident at probability. If you just think about this, is the Bible the word of God? If you carefully think about it, it will already bring you to a strong conclusion that God exists and God gave man this enduring book to, in the form of the Bible. So man's consciousness Man's consciousness is proof that the Bible is God's revelation. For instance, how many of us feel guilty when we do something wrong? How many of us felt guilty even when we are lost if you were to steal something? I was. The fact is, is we have the mere warning of the law written upon our hearts. The law was found and originally written through the Bible. There is many man-made laws today that have been written through this preface of the Bible. This shows that the law is engraved upon the hearts of men. This shows that the author of the Bible is the same one who created you, our great and bountiful God. And since our God is a good God, we know that the law is good and for good reason. It's for his purpose. But this natural consciousness of a man, this engraving on a heart, is proof that the author of the Bible engraved that upon your heart. This nature and reason alone brings forth great factual manner that the Bible is a revelation of God. But we're not going to stop there. There's many things we're going to look at. We're going to look at it as just a reasonable assumption as well. Verse. Let's point out, if the Bible isn't what Christians say, we in this building are in a lot of trouble, right? But we need to ask, we could take assumption because everyone in here today was changed by this book. How come many lives, many people are changed through this book? How many lives have it changed? It changed all of our lives here. How come this book has been subject? to oppression, to destruction, to, has been pers- and yet it's still persistent and has stayed strong. It has beaten the test of time. For instance, when books get old, they tend to fizzle out. We don't read many books from the 1800s, do we? Yet this book, even with all the efforts to destroy it, to manipulate it, it still stays true to what it says. And it hasn't even gone through you know, the simple, oh, I'm just going to edit a word or two. It's gone through regimes, dictators, leaders who want it completely gone, want it completely changed. But yet the true version still stays true. We also see they try to use sciences to kind of bring forth that the Bible is a false thing. They use astrology, they use geology, and yet when you look into the depths of all of that stuff, it still lines up with what the Word of God says. We could take assumption that the Bible is the true Word of God because no human word can have the effect the Bible has and no human word could withstand the test of time. But there's more proof that this isn't a human production. Look at the depths. Look at the meaning the Bible brings out. We read it over And over, and yet we still can incorporate more from it every day. We find new depths, new meanings every single time we get into the text. And the text just brings more and more to us. Humans' words can't go that deep. We can also look at its charm. The Bible is a piece of artwork. It is a charm that no human words can inspire. It has a charm that verse one of the book of John and verse fourteen of the book of John can line up together and go side by side, but it could also be thirteen verses apart. The Bible is known for its poetic and its catchily written words, and it has the, it was written in such a way it grabs the human heart. It's from divine inspiration, but to look further. I'm not going to give you any readings from it, but if you want to look at some comparisons, look at Joseph, the story of Joseph. I, I, when I was studying this, I looked this up. But if you read the story of Joseph from the Bible, and you read the story of Joseph from the Quran, the story of Joseph from the Bible is written in a way that's a lot better. And in fact, Joseph's more story is known for the Bible, not from the Quran. The Bible, in the way it's written, is proof that it's an artwork piece from God. But we also see it's proof, proof because of its conciseness. Look at the book of Genesis. I love this. Tons of stuff. Think about everything that happened in the book of Genesis. Creation. Everything created. Fall of man. First murder. Big flood. Noah repeopling of the earth, separation of tongues, creation of Israel, Joseph, and all of this stuff that has happened. You can write textbook upon textbook of detail, and yet all of this information is brought to us within 50 chapters. Yet we know everything we need to know about it. Look at Moses and the historian Jephesus. Jephesus writes so much more, it takes more time, and accounts for a lot more than Moses. Yet the book of Moses, inspired by God, is well known a lot more, and it brings a lot more effect to it. Look at the Gospels. We literally had God on earth. He did miracles. He brought forth a revolution, he changed history, he separated time, he did many things, he saved the world from sin, and it was written in 20 chapter, in about 20 chapters, in about four accounts from friends and witnesses, all of it, resurrection, virgin birth, baptism, miracles, countless miracles, it's not possible for a man to be as precise in his writings to know what needs to be included to affect the human hearts. God's driven Word. That's why it's so impactful. That's why it means so much. That's why it changes lives today. We have many books out there about the Bible. Many commentators, but none of them will take off like true Word of God. I also want to look at how the revelation of things, that if we're fully left alone, would never have been discovered. Thus, bringing more proof that the Bible is a direct revelation from God. So I'm going to go back to creation for this, because creation is a big supporter of this. This is actually what I use in my story. How would Moses have gotten this information on creation if it wasn't handed to him by God? How would Moses have known this? Here's a, here's a fact. If, well, usually if you tell a myth, it doesn't tend to stick. If I were to go and spread a rumor, you guys would all know that it's a rumor, probably by the night's end. Myths do not stick. But the fact that Moses got this story from God, he put this story out, and it's written in Genesis chapter 1, and it's still in Genesis chapter 1, and it's the account of creation. Truth sticks. And we see it stick today. But we can look further. Look at all the other explanations from the world. Look at the Egyptians' reasoning. That didn't stick. Look at the Big Bang. That's just plain and plausible. The needless to say, is we could go through and look at the doctrine of creation, and we could see. How could man come up with such a thing? Couldn't. We could go further though. Doctrine, doctrine of angels. If we didn't, you know, weren't revealed what angels were by the Bible, and something came down to my room, I'd be, I'd be scared. (laughs) You know, I'd, I would be freaking out. No man could perceive or think about what this would be. I'm sure most people would freak out. It was only through a revelation from God that we discovered these things and why they're around. Furthermore, God's omnipresence. Jeremiah 23, it says, Am I I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, and whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. These passages explain to us that God is in more places than once. How can a human come up with the fact that a being is in here, there, everywhere? How can a human come up with the thing that when you you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray that he hears it all at once? It's implausible for the flesh to create. No understanding of the flesh could create this. It has to come through a revelation of God. And again, these are all points we could use Next thing we can look at is human redemption. Here's a great question How can God be just and the justifier for man in its wicked state? How can Jesus come and die on a tree for us to be explained? This is outside of man's realm to explain. Thus, we have to turn to the Bible for a full explanation. We wouldn't see this humble man coming to earth and dying on a tree. How is this going to do anything for me? We don't go and see any death row inmate get executed. We're not saying, this could be it. We're not seeing martyrs out there and we're saying, this could be it. We needed an explanation from God as to why that humble servant died on a tree and why it meant so much, what it meant and how it meant man in its natural state cannot explain it and you can look at every lost person for proof these understandings come from the book known as god's word it brings forth many principles and values to us humans cannot come up with these things is where i'm trying to really push at these theories these doctrines it couldn't be written by human because a human would not think of these things without God revealing and showing it. The next thing I want to bring up is the unity of the Bible. It brings forth a lot of proof about it being God's revelation. The Bible is made up of about 66 books. It is made with different authors, numerous different authors, through many different time periods. The book is thousands of years old, and yet it was written without error. There's no mess up. There's no contradictions. When we play the game telephone and I were to go tell pastor or something and it went around the church, it, it would be corrupted by the end. Now, just imagine a thousand people telling many different things and it going in or forth. I'd say the chances of it coming back around, slim. None, I'd say. It was able to be written without error, mess up, without contradiction because it is God's Word. There's not an ancient book out there that could compare to God's Word. The Bible doesn't bring forth contradiction. Many people will claim it. Many people want there to be a contradiction in the Bible. But they stumble because often this theory of them is because they fail to understand what Scripture says. Let's also look. The Bible is a unit of design. The Bible is a story of how man became estranged from God, how they may be restored by God. The story of man's estrangement and need of restoration is not one the prideful flesh would come up with. Thus, God revealed it through the law and through Christ that we may defeat that prideful flesh. But we can look further. It's a unit of teaching about God. Again, no contradictions about God are made. Only true statements that line up, that show God's nature, that shows God's way so that we may understand so that we as people understand that God of the Old Testament is the same as God of the New Testament. And why? We know that all this stuff is in correlation, and it shows us the ways of our God and why we do things. Again, the Bible is still a teaching unit for man. It tells us our wicked state. It lays out the law, and we don't realize it until we are told it. We all think favorably of ourselves again. We must understand that we are sinful, and that's what the Bible lays out. Again, what one the flesh wants to hear. The Bible is also a unit of teaching salvation. The way of salvation is not clear to man. Clear. Look at every lost person. Look at you before you were saved. We didn't know the way. I didn't know the way. I thought the way was going through the steps of the Catholic Church. Many of us thought the way was doing good works or, you know, saying a prayer. The way of salvation was not only just, it was brought forth that we were sinners in the Old Testament, but it was brought forth the way to it in the New. But we also must see that it is a unit of showing God's love. Again, the Bible lays out what perfect righteousness is, and it's displayed through Jesus. And God brings forth that so that we can strive to be better and that we can see that we're sinners and place our faith in Jesus and repent. And finally, the Bible is a unit of unfolding doctrine. This is something I'm very grateful to be part of a Baptist church. Every piece of our doctrine should be found in here. We don't go anywhere else. This is what separates us from all other denominations. I'm sure it, it, one thing I was told when I joined this church is if you hear me say something wrong, I encourage all the youth to do this too. If you see me say something wrong, show me. I want to know. Now, you might not agree on something, but this church is biblically founded. That's how we get the doctrines of Christ in the flesh. That's how we get the doctrine of sovereign grace. That's how we get the doctrine of, of repentance. It's all biblical. And if it's not biblical, we encourage challenging on it. It's a blessing that the Bible brings forth this. It's the word of God. Next, and this one's a great one too, the accuracy of the Bible in scientific manner. We hear the debate science rebukes the Bible. The Bible is what brought forth science. Science lines up with the Bible because the Bible told science before science even came out with it. Now we know the Bible is not here for a basic physics lesson. It's not here to give us chemical compounds or chemical equations. The Bible is here to teach us the way of heaven. But the Bible provides scientific proofs that we're not fully intact. It makes reference to scientific laws and scientific matters in fully accurate ways. And all of that lines up with what the Bible says. And there is no contradiction between them. Now I want you to think, what is science today? It's a bunch of people disagreeing with each other. But the fact that the Bible will say and it happens, there's no contradiction. It's not arguing one author against another. Remember, there's many different authors. This is proof of the divinity of this book. Note, the Bible confirms a couple things off the bat. Isaiah chapter 40, it cites the earth being round. The Bible also talks about gravity in the book of Job. There's this thing called the northern empty expanse, which was just recently discovered, talked about, book of Job. The weight of the earth, talked about, book of Job. The rotation of the earth, talked about in the book of Luke. The law of evaporation, talked about Ecclesiastes. The Bible stresses the importance of blood before it was fully understood by man. And it also designates the difference of blood between species. The, Bi- the Bible discovered all, said all this stuff before it was discovered by man. This is evidence you can lay out every day. It had to come from God. It came first. It came from the Creator. Thus, more proof that this is a divine revelation from God. Then we can look at fulfilled prophecy as proof that the Bible is from God. Something that was written thousands of years before happened. The amount of Old Testament prophecies that came forth in Jesus' time is a great proving point. The parting of the garment, his bones not being broke, his betrayal, his death, his resurrection, dying between two thieves, the forerunner, being born in Bethlehem, triumphant return to Jerusalem, scathing of the disciples. It goes on. It goes on. It goes on. It's proof. False stories change. Like I said, lies don't stick. Man can't foresee the future. There's, I can't see it. Can any of you? We can't see it. And there's no contradiction in any of this. There's no questioning any of this. Here are declarations that came true. And we're seeing a few unfold now we can look at the testimony of Christ as further proof that this is a revelation from God. Jesus came proclaiming the Old Testament was the Word of God. He did not come here to change the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the Old Testament. He said the Word is not being broken. It is being fulfilled. Jesus was a fulfillment of God's Word. It was to bring forth more and more confirmation of it. Again, this is evidence, this is prophecy. Furthermore, I want to ask, what constitutes the Bible? We talked about and we established here today why the Bible is God's Word, but what constitutes it? And we can look for Christ. Us believers, we accept the deity of Christ. We can look that Christ accepted the Old Testament. And they were the revelation that God gave at the time. He referred to these books as it was written, scripture confirming their their validity. But we can also look at the further revelation that Christ promised after his time. The spirit that inspired many of these writers once Christ left and has continued to teach us, to help us grow, and how all these teachings line up. And they aren't wrong. So, finishing up, is the Bible sufficient in finals God's revelation? This is something that's rejected today. The Catholic Church is one of them. Paul indicates that the Bible was sufficient in the complete revelation. The New Testament ends where the earth ends. And eternity begins. It is a completely written story with no more to be revealed, and as we talked about earlier, it's perfect in all its ways. I share this, and I dive into this doctrine, which I know we've heard, which I know is core, because we've all been confronted, I'm sure, about the Bible's authority. And this argument is good for people of faith, but it also helps combat people that are not of faith, that don't just want to take the Bible's word for it. You don't do it by saying, "Well, something else says it." No, our authority still comes from the Bible, but you're going to prove why the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is irrefutable of it all, and it brings forth the path of the Word of God that can't be combated. So, a few months ago, back when I was still at Sugar Creek, I had a debate amongst co-workers. It was, you know, it started off with debate, you know, "Well, Christ never died," or You know, Christ, you know, he faked his death and walked away. And then it got into further that God doesn't exist. And then I brought up to the feller about, you know, I brought up the Bible verses. Of course, he didn't want to take them. And I brought up, what about creation? And I said, and he said, I don't want to think about creation. And I started laying it out. Creation is full evidence that God exists. Needless to say, he walked, ended up walking away. He didn't want to speak about it anymore. It was a tool I used to defend my faith. Oftentimes when us Christians are caught off guard, we could oftentimes just lean back and just stop. And that shows other people, you know, what they're saying is wrong. We must be always diligent to be able to defend our faith. That's why I want to bring this forth. It's not a traditional sermon, but it's important that we understand this doctrine. It's core for a Christian. And not only all this, not only will it help you to defend your faith and to give the gospel, but it's also the doctrine, which many other doctrines lie upon. When I was getting into refrigeration, they said you, you, have, you can't just learn a part over here, a part over there. You learn the core first. You learn the refrigeration cycle. And then you start expanding. That's how it is with our doctrine. We must understand where we get it from before we can understand the rest. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here once again. Lord, please continue to bless us. And Lord, help us to be equipped, Lord, when the world challenges our beliefs and attacks our beliefs, Lord. Help us to be equipped to defend your name. Lord, help us all to be soldiers for you. And to always stand up for you, no matter the persecution we might face. Lord, be with us as we go through the week. Help us to glorify you and to praise you in all things. We ask this in Jesus' name.